morning. It's a great day in Jesus. I have to say that because it is. And uh, sometimes we can look at all the problems. Let me turn this down just a little bit. Sometimes we can look at all the problems and say, oh yeah, but I've got this problem and I got that problem. And uh, look at all the negative and all the problems, I guess you could say, in life. Find all the flaws, be concentrating on this flaw and that flaw, looking for the cracks, looking for the holes, but not seeing the big picture. That's what too many people do in the world. Uh, Christians, too. Christians look at all the little problems everywhere, and they'll take a, let's take a 100, they'll take 100% of the, of the situation, and they'll find 5%, 2%, 1% of, the, of a problem within the 100%. They won't talk about the 95 or the 96 or 7 or 8% that's good. They won't say that. They won't even respond to it. They'll focus and all their attention on that 1, 2, 3, 4, 5%. That's off a little bit. And normally that part that's off in a ministry is just a seasonal problem. It usually changes in a, in a while. You know, just like myself. You know, I've had problems all these decades of preaching and ministering, but I'm not still living in those problems, in that situation, in that season. And, uh, uh, but people get stuck in life. They get stuck. And if you're stuck long enough, your heart begins to harden and you begin to believe not that God can take care of things, that God knows what he's doing, that this is God's creation, you have a hard heart. And if it stays hard enough, long enough, you'll probably turn your back on God. And you'll just say Jesus really isn't God and Jesus really isn't who he says he is. He's really not the Messiah. You can go there and you can turn your back, go on into the world and party all your rest of your life. Party, party, party. And then die in that sin and you'll be cut off. Your name will be blotted out if you died over there in that sin. Sorry. But my thought is this, and along with other believers, is that possibly, now this is where I don't know some of the questioning, is that you didn't receive Christ. But either believe on Jesus or you didn't. So there's so many people who believe on the Lord. They live for a while for the Lord, but the heat of the day, the heat of the problems, the heat of the situations in their life drives them away and they become unfruitful. And this unfruitfulness is they lose the fruit of their eternal life. Sorry, that's just the way I'm seeing it in the scripture. I don't see that once you receive Jesus, you can go back into your sinful life, live for the devil the rest of your life, die in that sin, and you're gonna say, oh, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. He's gonna say, I never knew you. He blotted your name out. Because we're to endure to the end. Endure. It says, do not grow weary of well-doing. What is the well-doing? It's not what I'm doing. It's staying inside of Jesus Christ, 
until your final day is finished. Enduring to the end. And that's a hard, difficult, frustrating message. Because I'm a father, a dad. I've fathered children, five of them. And I know what it feels like for a child. Actually, I don't know what it feels like because my children are all saved. They're all, I'll see all five in heaven, which is really wonderful, actually. But, um, so I, I can't really address that because I don't know what it feels like to have a son. But I do know what it feels like to have a parent turn their back on God. That I do know. I also know what it feels like to have a parent who uh, was saved, then rejected their salvation, rejected Christ, hated God, hated Jesus, wouldn't even allow you to speak the name of Jesus in their home. And then a year or two before they died in their mid to late 80s, uh, repent of their lifelong of sin, be refreshed, and then go on into heaven. But they didn't go to heaven with anything but their soul. They had nothing, nothing, zero, zero, zero. Where another parent died in their sin. They're not in heaven. I won't see my dad anymore. When he died, that was the last time I'll ever see him. See? Because he died in rejection of Jesus Christ. So his name was blotted out, blotted out. It was there. From the foundation of the world, everybody who was born, their name was there, but it got blotted out. Just like in a hospital, when a baby is born, it's written down, it's logged in the register. Another baby was born. And believe it or not, I know a lot of people don't understand this today, but when the doctor and the delivery nurse uh, put that name in the book, uh, they also know if it was a male or a female. How about that? It wasn't an it. It wasn't half female, half male. Or it wasn't a male that became a female during birth. Except, you know, a female become male at birth. You know, that's, that's the silliest, the stupidest thought of intelligent mankind. It just shows the degeneration of mankind around the world. And they say, oh, you need to receive us. You need to accept us of who we are. We were born in the wrong body. When they say we were born in the wrong body, who are we talking about? You're talking about you. Who are you? Are you your body? No, no. Are you your mind? No, no. You are a spirit. You live in a body. You have a brain, the conscious, the brain. You live in a body. The brain and the body, the heart, the, you know, the physical part of you goes back to the dust of the earth. Yeah, and you live on because you're a spirit. Spirit is neither male nor female, just like the angels. Neither male nor female. A lot of people don't believe that too. Whatever, <laughs> you know. Bible, you know. Anyways, uh, so 
reason I'm talking this way is because I, I had several problems this morning. And I wouldn't let those problems steal my joy because I started the class off, I got filled full of joy. But as soon as the class was over, I had suddenly tons of problems, one right after the other. And it hasn't stopped, it's still going right now, problems. But that problem is not gonna steal my joy. I'm still gonna come out, still gonna preach, still gonna minister, right? Are you gonna let the problems that Satan brings your way as a minister stop you in your ministry? I mean, if they're serious enough, yeah, you, they could probably stop you. They, you know, I get so physically wore out that I have to take a day or two off, sometimes three days off from preaching because I live in this body. If I didn't live in the body, I could probably come out and preach. I'd just come out in my spirit. <laughs> How about that, right? That'd be kind of cool. We can do that during that thousand year reign. We can do that in the thousand year reign. We'll build the preach in our glorified body, just like Jesus preached in his glorified body. Yeah, how about that? Um, so there, there's a question in my spirit right now. And the question is, uh, since I've been on the street, uh, I've gotten a lot more information about the body of Christ. A lot more information. Uh, remember, I usually only talk to two types of people pre predominantly uh, up till about six years ago. And the two type of people were church people and people in the trucking world. Some, you know. But since I've been on the street, I talk to all kinds of different Christians. And what I mean by all kinds of different Christians, you think, well, aren't they all the same? <laughs> Sorry, uh, every Christian is not the same. What I mean by that is, is like, for example, in our church, uh, we all kind of thought the same way. We talked the same way. We were kind of, we we're all in one accord in our church, right? And uh, out in the trucking world, as I talk to truckers, we're kind of, that type of industry draws a certain type of person to the trucking world. And so everybody you talk to in the trucking world, truck driving, long haul trucking on the highway, uh, are a certain type of person. And they're pretty much all the same. Believer, non-believer, doesn't make any difference. We're all pretty much the same uh, out in the trucking world. So similar people on both camps. When I came out here, what I found out is all the different types of, of Christians. Now in the centering world, the sinners, they're all pretty much the same. They're all doubters, they all have a hard heart, they're all going to hell, they're all condemned until they repent. You know, nothing you can do about that. But in the Christian world, on the street, I meet Christians that have every type of doctrine that you can possibly imagine. Yeah. Jesus loves me as a gay. I'm gay and Jesus still loves me. That's what I'm talking about. They call themselves a Christian. I can get stoned and God still loves me because uh, this is a natural herb. Whatever. 
Uh, I can, uh, I mean, they just go out for out, and they, they quote all these different Bible verses. Uh, they say, that's not right. I mean, you just wouldn't be, you'd be surprised. I mean, I'm surprised. I'm not surprised anymore because it's been a number of years now, and uh, I'm not surprised at the Christians uh, sloppiness in the Word of God, uh, their sloppiness in their delivery, their sloppiness in their ministry, their sloppiness in their spirit. Yeah. It's, it's not clean, it's not neat, it's not holy. Most Christians, and that's what I kind of seem like I minister mostly out here. And it bugs me, it bugs me. Because I don't know what I can do to help them. Because if I talk to them, they're convinced that their stupidity in the Bible is real. They're convinced, beyond a doubt. And so I just say, well, have, you know, that's why I've stopped. You know, when Paul says I disputed with them, I've disputed for years out here, and I gave up. I, I gave up. I gave up. So I just say, thank you very much. Have a good day. And I turn them over to the Holy Spirit. Whatever he wants to do with them is his deal, because I haven't got a clue on how to fix somebody. So I just turn them over to the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, I know not what to pray for. If I don't know what to pray for, it means I don't know what to speak. Therefore, I'll let the Holy Ghost do that work. And those who are interested, those who have an open mind, those who have an open heart, those who have an open spirit, that are wondering and curious and have questions, real questions, I'll talk to them as long as they need to be talked to. And I'll talk to him over and over and over. You know, it's just the way I, the way I do things. And uh, um, so that's why I encourage pastors to come out and preach with me. Now, tomorrow uh, we have a test. Uh, God's going to give a test to a Lutheran pastor tomorrow. Tomorrow's Tuesday. Yeah, tomorrow's Tuesday. October 3rd at Folsom in Arapahoe, and God's going to test a Lutheran pastor who is committed to come and minister with me at Folsom in Arapahoe tomorrow and wrote it in his calendar, or however he put his calendar, he made sure he wrote it down, and he's also confirmed it to me about a month ago, or three weeks ago, whatever, it's been a month. Uh, he confirmed that appointment to make sure that appointment is still going on. Now the test is, is he going to show up? I don't know. My Part of my situation out here on the street is people say one thing and they do another. Happens every day. Every single day. Say one thing and do another. Is that godly to do that? That's called a double tongue. That's called a divided tongue. Say this thing and do another. As you're doing that, you're speaking. You're speaking out of both sides of your mouth. A Christian, a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ talking out of both sides, that's called a double tongue. That's called a divided tongue. And a divided tongue is divided soul, the divided mind, and you will fall, fall, you will fall. And people say, oh, I'm not gonna fall, John. That's, that you're, uh, you're saying something that I'm not gonna, that's not gonna happen. Look, 
I'm sorry, you're gonna fall. <laughs> Just like that. So check the words of your mouth, check the thoughts of your mind, check the meditation of your heart, check around your life. Look at how you look. <laughs> look at how you appear to people. Look at where you go. Look at your house. What's in your house? What's in your car? Where do you go? Things like that. And you'll know a lot about who you are. Let's pray. Lord, I, you know, I, I seem like I just always want to apologize because I feel like I come across so hard to people. But I know in my heart, in my spirit, that what I just said just recent, just now on this message is from you, Lord, by the power of the Holy Ghost. Not from me. I wasn't even thinking about any of this stuff. But the moment I started, this came out of me, and that is in the Bible. You, you told his disciple, your disciples not to be concerned about what you would say, that the Holy Ghost would fill your mouth. And out of the mouth speaks, and that comes out of our heart. The Holy Spirit fills our heart, and our mouth speaks. And so uh, I, I, I don't know what, I don't know how to treat what I just said because it seems kind of hard and tough in, on people when everybody wants a feel-good message. I'm not about feeling good messages, but uh, uh, maybe this will be the last time they listen to me, Lord. I don't know. So that's why I want to give them all that I've got because they may say, I don't want to listen to him ever again. And uh, but uh, So I just give it over to you, Lord. I give this message and I give this sermon. I give this video over to you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. My philosophy for my whole trucking career because I was born again before I got into the trucking business, was uh, my philosophy was I'm going to give you everything I've got because I'll never see you again. And as a long haul trucker, that's pretty much it. And so over the last, you know, my first couple years on the street, I've had to change a lot of that. But I wasn't changing it. The Spirit of God was changing it within me because I didn't know how to change it. I had no clue. Because I kept asking, Holy Spirit, will you please help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. And so, um, uh, now on these videos, I, I've noticed that I tend to give a lot of information on every single sermon. Man, it's a busy truck day in this corner. Very busy location, very, 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 very busy. Busier than you realize. This is, uh, anyway, this is Table Mesa and uh, Foothills Parkway. So on these sermons, I've noticed that I tend to deliver everything that's on my heart. So that when I'm done, I've delivered a full, complete counsel sort of, <laughs> because I don't know if anybody will come back to watch another video or sermon on YouTube. I don't know that. Uh, I'm not one of those likable guys. Uh, I'm not easy to get along with. I'm pretty sharp. I'm pretty hard. I'm in people's face. 
and uh, I don't care, that's the way I am, that's the way God made me. I'm always trying to be more compassionate, more tender, more full of mercy and grace. Uh, that is a desire of mine. And, uh, but when I start to minister, it seems like something changes inside of me and there's a quickness, a, uh, a force, a power within me that wants to deliver something. And I recognize that as the Spirit of God in me. Every minister recognizes that. I'm not the only one. There's every one of us who preach and minister recognizes the Spirit of God. And uh, anyways, so uh, we're in our Sunday prayer letter for October 1st. Uh, happy October. This uh, Sunday prayer letter is titled, Have You Received the Holy Ghost? Acts 19, that's verse 2. We're in the theme called Signs, Wonders, Miracles, Praise, Worship. And in our letter we have seven parts. One part for each day of the week. We preach seven days a week. I preach six of the seven. We used to have uh, some people preaching on Saturdays, and uh, I think we still do. It was a little bit of a gap there where no one was preaching on Saturday, but I think uh, there may be a one or two people who are preaching on Saturdays or doing something for the Lord on Saturdays. And uh, that's, I'm referring to our church, but uh, I know that here, uh, those who follow this ministry or are part of this ministry outside of Colorado, uh, they are probably gonna be doing something on Saturday because typically that's most people's day off. I worked every, you know, seven days a week as a truck driver, so I had no single day off. It rotated all the time, always different. All right, so uh, Acts 19, Acts 19. Uh, this is Monday. Uh, we're gonna go down to verse 10. So uh, we're actually gonna read all the way down to 10 because yesterday, huh, I only preached on two verses. Kind of an amazing testimony of receiving the Holy Ghost. So let's uh, start at verse 1 in chapter 19, the book of Acts, in the famous King James Bible, the one that so many people hate, especially Satan and especially the Catholic Church, hate the King James. In fact, it's forbidden for Catholics to read the King James. Forbidden. So if you're a Catholic and you're reading the King James, shame on you. <laughs> Your Pope doesn't like you. <laughs> Verse 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. And finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And Paul said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? They said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, Jesus Christ, which should come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, 
and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about twelve. And he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. But when divers were hardened and believed not, but spake evil of that way before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of one Tyrannus. And this continued by the space of two years, so that all they which dwell in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. That ends verse 10. Thank you, Lord, for the reading of your word. We appreciate it so much. So there's an example right there, right? Real-time example I'll talk about. It. I'll bring it to example. And the uh, reason I'm going to do this example is because what I'm doing, or what the Holy Spirit has me doing, is being an example for those that the Holy Spirit is training in the ministry. And what I mean by that is I had thought that I was going to read and talk and read and talk because it was a long 10 verses. But once I got started, the Spirit of the Lord was quickening me to continue reading slowly all 10 verses. And then I would go back and talk about them again. See? So that's an example, real time, right, right, before, you, right before your eyes, real time example of being led by the Spirit rather than what I personally wanted to do. See? Because to me, it's easier for me personally to talk to read the scripture and talk, read the scripture and talk. That's easier for me. It's more difficult for me to go back and find where I need to start and then kind of go through and, and it's more difficult. But it's, it's better to uh, obey the Spirit of God rather than to sacrifice. And to sacrifice, uh, the sacrifice for me would be to not do what the Holy Spirit wanted me to do and that is to do it the way He's showing me. So we have a choice to make. We can either follow the Holy Spirit or not follow the Holy Spirit. That's it. You can either do what God wants you to do or not do what God wants you to do. You have the power of your will to make that kind of powerful, life-altering, life-changing decision. You have the power. God is not automatically going to force you to do something. He's not going to do that. And the reason why he's not going to do it, because he is a father which is training his children in the way they should go, so when they are older, they'll know what to do. I understand what the Bible says about, so when they depart, they will not, whatever. But the father is also training his children right now. And that's why I just want to give you that little bit of teaching right there. That's interesting. All right, so uh, I preached on one and two yesterday. It says, He received of them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Okay, you get that? You have to really understand what he's saying here, because for some reason people's eyes glaze over, their ears are stopped, and their brain goes in neutral. Because most Christians 
are of the Baptist uh, theology, Baptist doctrine that says if you're, when you're baptized in water, you have the Holy Ghost. Uh, when you receive Jesus, you're filled with the Holy Ghost. There's no other baptisms other than the water baptism or something like that. I'm not a Baptist, so I'm little off in their doctrine. And uh, that's why there's so many different types of Baptists all over the place. But uh, Methodists believe this. I mean, everybody kind of same way. They'll, uh, they just don't believe the scriptures. They really don't. They, they really don't. They don't get it. That's why, and the reason they don't understand it is because the Spirit of God provides to us understanding. The Holy Ghost gives us understanding of the Word of God. That's what Jesus says, why he had to go back to the Father. One of many reasons. Okay? So he would send the promise, the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. So it says, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Who did they believe? They believed in Jesus Christ. They believed in Jesus Christ. Could they have been believers of John the Baptist? Well, it doesn't say that here, does it? Now you can probably twist the scripture a little bit and manipulate it a little bit and make it say something that it doesn't say so that you can validate your belief system and say, you see, this is the Bible. We ought to just read it, black and white, and just read it. Stop interpreting it. Just read it, <laughs> you know? Because that's the number one problem. Oh, that's your interpretation. Well, let's read this again. There were certain disciples he said unto them, Have you received the Holy Disciples? Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Anytime you see the word believe, what does that mean? A disciple, when you believe, what does that tell us? Now, as far as I can tell, remember, I'm on the street and it's very noisy. And I had to take my earplugs out. I was trying to do it with my earplugs in, but it didn't work. I couldn't. Too hard for me. So you, you got to get this in your mind. Otherwise, the rest of it will not make any sense whatsoever. You've got to grab. That's why I talked on Sunday. You've got to get that point. If I go no further in the scripture and just hard hammer on this one point, uh, that would be very beneficial to your ministry. Because in your ministry, if, you don't, if you're not baptized with the Holy Ghost, we're speaking in tongues, then you don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Sorry, why not? Don't you want to be baptized with the Holy Ghost? Apparently, no. Especially every believer who's been following Christ for 20 or 30 years, or 10 years, or five years, or one year, or two weeks. Why? See, that bothers a lot of Christians. They think they have all of God, but they don't do any of the gifts of the Holy Ghost because they don't have the Holy Ghost. Uh, you see, I don't understand that. Because to me, I want all of God. I want to be able to lay hands on the sick and they get healed. And that's what happens. I've had many, 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 many people healed in this ministry. 
I want to be able to cast a devil. I want to be able to command a devil to come out of somebody. And that devil says, adios, I'm out of here. They're gone. That's, I want that power because that's a part of the ministry. That's a, that's a part of a New Testament minister. That's a part of the New Testament ministry. That's a part of the ministry of Jesus Christ. What did Jesus do? Did he leave the devils in people? Did he leave people sick? No, no. Then why don't you talk about that? See, people don't want to talk about that. All they want to talk about is getting Jesus into you as a saved. A save. And they stop right there. They stop right there. That's a Baptist. They stop right there at salvation. They don't go any further. Then they teach you how to live as a, as a saved person. Not to have power to go witness, not to have power to go cast out a devil, not to have power to go hands on the sick, not to have any power to do anything with the Holy Ghost. See, that bugs me. I don't get it. Because I'm powerfully hungry for the Lord. I'm thirst after God every day. That's why I'm enjoying my classes so much. Did you know many people who have come to the class? I've got about 150 people who have checked me out on the class. 150 some, 160 people. YouTube tells me how many people have logged on and to check out my live stream True Study class. Did you know of those 150, only about a half a dozen or 10 stick around? Yeah, how about that? Because they're not hungry. They're just curious, curious, wondering. Oh well. Oh well. I, I don't really care. I'm just bringing up some points of interest that a lot of people may not know. I don't know of anybody. Do you know how many people have logged on to my class? Yeah, well, I just told you. I'll have a more exact number tonight because now I thought it was 154 who have logged on to the class to check it out. You know? You know, today we only had three people, you know? And probably another, uh, probably uh, 15 to 20 will watch it later on today, which is fine. But that class has really spurred me on. I tell you, I don't know what it is about the class precisely yet. I'm finding, I'm trying, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking at why is this class for me personally have so much power? Why, why is that? Diesel fumes, carbon monoxide. I tell you, I praise God that I don't drive anymore. I'm so sick of cars <laughs> after being out in the street every day for thousands of hours. I'm just sick of cars. <laughs> I don't want, never want to see another car. Once I leave Earth, I don't want to see another car again. I'm so, I'm so burned out with cars. <laughs> and people's driving and the filthy and the dirtiness and everything else related to cars. Let me say something else I've, I've noticed of interest. Did you know that as a whole, a general statement, that oil burning vehicles, big portion of the oil burning vehicles are all dirty. 
in Colorado. And just about every single electric vehicle, and in this part of Colorado, there's a lot of them, a lot of electric vehicles, almost every one of them, it's rare that you see a dirty one. Almost every electric vehicle is clean and shiny, even if it's old. Now, I think that's kind of unusual. I, I, I saw that here a while back. Why? I don't know. I don't know that. And maybe I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. So as a Christian, are you clean? Let me, and I got a point why I'm bringing that up. It's right here in the verse. So let's go down here. And they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Right, we talked about that on Sunday. Verse three. And he said unto them, unto what then were you baptized? Now he, Paul pretty much, once he said that, Paul pretty much probably guessed. He kind of knew the answer, I'm guessing, because there's only one other baptism, and that's under John's baptism, right? But you know, he wanted them to say it out loud. And to what were you baptized? And they said, unto John's baptism, of course. That's the only baptism we know about. Believe on Jesus, get baptized in water, all, all is good. <laughs> all is good. I got baptized in water. <laughs> See, a lot of people don't like that. They get mad at me. They get mad because they think baptism is only water. That's it. <laughs> That's... Well, let's, let's see what it says here. They said, and Paul, okay, says, uh, uh, what baptism? They said, uh, under John's baptism, the one in water. You know, we were baptized in water. We believed and we were baptized in water. We're disciples. And we're preaching Jesus. Oh, okay. Then said Paul, John, John the Baptist, John Baptist, barely baptized with the baptism of repentance. The baptism of repentance. That's what we say in church. When people, we baptize people in water, this is the baptism of repentance. It's a, sim it's a symbology of your dying in Christ and your resurrecting in Christ. Repentance, right? You die in Christ, you're raised in Christ. You've repented of your sins, you're died in Christ, You've given yourself over to the Lord and you've raised up in, in Christ. Sort of like that, okay? It says here, saying the people that they should be, now this is what John the Baptist was preaching, they should believe on him, Jesus Christ, which should come after him. That is on Jesus Christ, okay? Now, I wrote a few things in my margin here. Uh, because John the Baptist said a lot of things. And one of the things he says, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight his path, something like that, okay? And uh, if you go back into the Old Testament, you'll see that when God came down, uh, he told Moses to go have the people take a bath, wash their body, uh, clean their tent, clean their clothes, clean everything, clean the camp. Clean everything up. Take all the trash out of the camp, put it in the dumpster. Clean your house. Get it all cleaned up. Wash all your clothes. Take a bath. 
Clean yourself up. God's coming to town. <laughs> yeah. You know how many Christians believe that? Few, if any. They live in filth. They live in dirt. Oh well. <laughs> oh well. And so I wrote in the column here, to wash. John the Baptist was actually washing people. It says clean. He was cleaning the people. He was getting them ready to receive the one that was going to come after him. That's what John the Baptist, he was washing them. He was cleaning them up. He was getting them ready. That's what God told Moses too. Clean them up. Get them ready. And that's been taught all the way through on, in churches. That's always been taught. When you go to church, uh, you take a bath, you put on clean clothes, and you come to church clean. I do the same thing out here. I take a bath, shower, put some, be cleaned up, put some clean clothes on, and I come out to preach on the street. This is my church. And many Christians don't get that. They don't really prepare themselves to receive more of Jesus. They've got Jesus and they stop right there. I got Jesus, I'm done. I'm gonna put all the tattoos on my arms. I'm gonna shave my hair and cut it and color it. Then I'm gonna put a, uh, uh, what else they say? Oh, I'm gonna put some, a bunch of earrings. I'm gonna, ta I'm gonna pierce all my ears up and down both sides. I'm going to pierce my tongue, uh, pierce my nose. I'm going to pierce my, uh, my uh, eyebrow. And I'm going to pierce my belly button and my nipple too at the same time. Then I'm going to wear whatever I want to wear. And I don't need to take a bath. I I'm just going to wear whatever I want to wear. If I want to wear a tank top and short shorts to church during the summertime, then I'm going to do that. See, you see what's going on? Because people do not prepare themselves to meet God. It's not taught anymore. It's not taught anymore. And if they do clean themselves up, it's probably because, and they clean up, and they uh, dress nice, they look nice, it's probably because of the church they're going to, but they don't know why they're doing it. They're just doing it because everybody else does it. Everybody else does it. Because everybody else wears a suit or dresses up. I mean, you don't have to wear a suit, but clean clothes, clean, nice apparel. I mean, fully clothed from top to bottom. You know, a bunch of skin not showing, for example. Your flesh not showing. Uh, if, if that is, you're doing that, just probably because of the church you go to. And everybody does that. And you don't know why you're doing it. You don't know what the Bible says about it. But if you go to another church, that uh, everybody goes to church differently, uh, undressed, tattooed, pierced, ungodly hair, dirty, stinky, smelly, then those people are different. And their whole church is that way. Then somebody from this church that's all neat and clean go to that church, they go, whoa, what's all this? And if somebody from that church goes over to this church, they say, oh, what's all this? 
All this that I'm talking about is in the counsel of God. In the counsel of God. You know, I get into believers' cars because I don't drive anymore. I ride the bus and people show for me around. I get into somebody's car and there's french fries that are old on the floor. There's trash in the seats. There's trash in the back. And I get in and I'm going, why? I'm not talking about a new car. It could be an old beat-up car. It doesn't matter. But shine the dents, for, for to speak. Clean the interior. I get into Christian's cars and I'm going, what in the world is going on here? Yeah. You see, people don't even think that because they're, wherever they're going to learn, uh, they're not being taught all the counsel of the Lord. And nor do they read the Bible. Sorry I'm talking like this. For some reason I have to speak this. Because I want to prepare the way of the Lord in your life. So clean yourself up. Now, does that mean you've got to get yourself a uh, stop all the sin? Uh, you've got to uh, quit smoking, quit drugs, do every, quit everything before you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? No. No, because that's works. I'm not talking about works. You can receive Jesus Christ filthy, dirty, under the bridge, haven't bathed in six months or a year or ever. <laughs> I meet a lot of people haven't bathed in years on the street. They haven't changed their clothes in years also. I mean, the dirt is caked on them. Hair is ratty, full of knots. I see that on the street. I'm a street minister. Can they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved? Yep. That's not what I'm talking about. See, that's the reason people don't talk this way is because some reason, somehow, the uh, the works portion, um, people don't get. That's why people don't come to the street. They don't go to the store. They don't go to their marketplace. They don't dress for Jesus Christ. They don't bring their Bible anymore. They, they can't even find their Bible, for example. You see, what's, I'm trying to wake you up to your life as a believer, as a Christian. See, that's what Paul was doing with these guys here. He could have just said, oh, oh, okay, see you later, you know. Keep on keeping on, whatever you're doing, I'm fine, I'm going to go over here and preach. But he didn't do that. He was concerned for the whole person. He was concerned. We need to be concerned for the whole person. Our body, our physical temple, this body, is not ours, no longer. It's not ours. It's not ours. I know, you, you got to get that in your brain. It's not your body. If you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you are no longer your own. And when you trash your body, you are trashing Jesus Christ. And Jesus is going to divorce you. He's going to say, I'm done. I'm done. And I'm, he's going to let you go into the sin. He's going to let you go into your filth. He's going to let you go the way that you are living. Not right away. He'll try to love you out of that. He'll try to kind of nurture you along because that's a loving God. God is love. But after a while, however long a while is, I don't know, God, I think it's different on each person. So that's what I'm talking about. Prepare the way of the Lord in your life. You know, when I, you know, 
when I started my class 26 classes ago, uh, I didn't take a shower in the morning. I just washed my face and combed my hair and brushed my teeth and put some clothes on. For about the first week or so, two weeks, whatever it was. And the Holy Spirit kept quickening on me, why are you doing that? And I go, what do you mean? And I didn't get it. I wasn't ready to receive the word that the Holy Spirit wanted to tell me. I wasn't ready to receive it. I said, I don't know what you mean. I, I can't hear you. Oh, I'm turned. I can't hear you. I'm, that's what I'm telling the Holy Ghost. I can't hear you. I don't want to hear you. So, finally, I said, Holy Spirit, I think you're trying to tell me something, and I need to listen. So I apologize for the last two weeks or so on not wanting to listen to you. This is when I first started my classes, my live stream true study class. And he says, I, I want you to take a shower before you do your class. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, that's about three weeks ago. I remember that. I remember the day that happened. I remember the day. It was at 6.15 in the morning. I remember that. He says, I want you to take a shower. Clean yourself up. You see? Prepare the way of the Lord. He, he's concerned for the outward man also, not just the inward man. See? If Jesus tells you that he wants you to take a bath, shower, bath, wherever you know, uh, that's what you should do. No way is Jesus going to say, oh, you can stay filthy, dirty. That, I don't mind at all. That's not Bible. That's the devil speaking to you. That's how a lot of Christians live their life. They listen to a devil. They love Jesus, but they listen to the devil off to the right. Yeah, because this body has evil in it. So showering becomes a symbol of cleaning ourselves and preparing the way of the Lord. And I tell you, on that day, that one day when I changed, it was, uh, I think it was the very first time that I went to, uh, on a Wednesday, when I went Brent to Boulder High to pray at 5.30 in the morning. When, he, when I got back after that 45 minutes of prayer time, that's when the Holy Spirit says, I want you to take a shower. From that day forward, I have taken a shower every single uh, day before the class. Now you can say, well, John's just picky. Uh, he's just a legalist. He's just, uh, that's good for him, but not good for me. Or I don't like to take showers in the morning or uh, I take a shower before I go to bed. Why do I got to take it in the morning? You, you see, prepare the way of the Lord in your life. It's really important. I'm going to stop right there. So Lord, I just thank you that uh, this chapter 19, I might be two weeks in this chapter, is such an important, and now I've got so many other messages I want to preach that I see could be preached here in chapter 19 of Acts. Uh, I just see that as such a dividing point in the body of Christ. They'll take the first 18 chapters, but not chapter 19. I, I don't know what's in 20 and 20 to 28. Haven't been there yet. I mean, obviously I've read it, Lord, but I don't know the preaching part of 20 and 21, 22, 23, 45, 26, 27, 28. Uh, but 19 is a big deal. And so uh, I'm asking Holy Spirit, 
that you open people's eyes to see the truth in the Word of God. I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that you give them ears to hear the truth of the Word of God. And I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that you give them a heart to understand what they're seeing in the Word of God and hearing in the Word of God. And uh, Satan, I bind you from stealing, from killing or destroying any of the Word that's being sown in their life. And uh, I just rebuke the devils away from them. And Lord, I just put a hedge of protection around every believer so they can kind of grow and receive the Word in a protected environment, per se. I pray the blood of Jesus Christ over every soul. I pray the blood of Jesus Christ over every soul and the peace of God to cover each soul as they're learning to understand chapter 19 in the book of Acts in the King James Bible. And Father, we give you all the glory for what you're doing by your Spirit in every soul's life. And I thank you, Lord, that you're saving those who have called out to you, even this sermon, even today. And I thank you, Lord, that you're adding to your church daily such as should be saved, even today, on October 2nd, 2023. In your holy name, Jesus, we humbly pray. Alright, so I guess that's it. Tuesday, I'm going to be at Folsom and Arapahoe, across from North State Barbers, by the old uh, Doug's Diner, some Thailand dinner house now. And, uh, and uh, tomorrow is uh, Tuesday. Yeah. Alright? <laughs> I hope you got, I, I don't know what I said exactly, I hope you got something from this. I hope you're not mad at me, because um, I, I don't want you to be mad at me. Uh, uh, keep me in prayer, I guess. Uh, if you don't ever come back, well, have a good life. Uh, hope I'll see you in heaven. If not, well, have a good life wherever you're going. Take care. Bye-bye.